Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you guys today. We welcome every campus, Brookfield campus, Appleton campus, Milwaukee campus, Germantown online, all the campuses. Wherever you're connecting with us from, we are delighted to have you. And uh, we're concluding our series, uh, True North, this weekend. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 7. I'm going to be in Romans chapter 7 today, uh, verses 15 through 25. Romans chapter 7, 15 through 25. I'll get there in just a minute. And I hope that you'll be back with us next weekend as we uh, have what we call a greater weekend. We do one big greater weekend a year where we celebrate uh, what God has done through you, Life Church, in the last 12 months. Uh, and it's been a record year in missions giving around the corner, around the world, which is amazing because we've had no mission trips because of COVID. And hopefully 2022 will be a different year for that. Uh, but uh, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. That's what we would say. And so, uh, so that's going to happen. And, uh, but, but it's been amazing, your generosity. We're just going to celebrate that and just kind of tell you uh, kind of where we're going this next year, what's happening. Uh, it's just a great weekend of celebration. And so it's just a great weekend to come, great weekend to be involved and to be a part. And so, again, I hope that you'll be with us. Today, I want to end our series, True North, as we're talking about in a world, in a culture, in a society that's kind of lost its bearing. It's lost its true north. It's lost its, this is, this is what we lock into in order to guide everything else in our life. We believe as followers of Jesus Christ that Jesus is our true north. We believe that God's word is our compass. It's our guide for life and for living. We also believe that not just intention, but direction is where we ultimately get to where we want to go. And so it's not just enough that I want to get to heaven. It's not just enough that I want to live a life before the Lord. It's not just enough that I desire to raise godly kids, but it's the direction of my life, the choices of my life, the decisions of my life that actually get me there. Today, I want to end with what I would call survival skills. Uh, it's not going to be as rugged and as gruesome as it sounds. We're not going to eat bullion cubes. Amen. I'm not pulling out my survival knife that I brought out in week one. Uh, although I can, I can start them. I, I actually can start a fire with one match. I can't, I used to do the flint thing, but I, I, I'm a little rusty on that skill at this point. It's not been needed. Thank God. Anyhow. So, uh, my idea of like roughing it now is like a motel six. Anybody right No. Kind of gotten beyond, okay. So, but uh, survival skills. And what I'm talking about today are habits, habits. Now, I'm going to do really well to stay within my time frame, but this is something I've been reading a lot about lately. And uh, uh, matter of fact, I just finished a book this week on habits and, and the psychology behind habits. And because I, I do believe that it's not just the intention of our life. I know a lot of people that intend to do a lot of good things, but don't accomplish much. It's the direction of my life that actually gets me where I want to go. Good habits aren't just a key to trying to accomplish goals. Good habits are the key to getting you to the who you want to be. Now, let me explain this for just a minute. Who always comes before do? That's the entire message I'm talking about today. Who? Who you want to be. Who you think God has you to be. And who can be uh, that can be your calling. It can be your vocation. It can be your family. It, it, it can be what, whatever it is that you feel like God's put you on this earth to do, your, your identity. Who always comes before do. But many times we try to get involved in the doing because doing is easier than the whoing. Okay, that is not a real word, but, but, but it's, 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 uh, Jesus will talk a little bit about this in John's gospel when he talks about abiding in the vine. 
the being in Christ, the being in God, uh, residing in him, letting him live and reside in you, that whole process that takes place, the who, is much more difficult because it's, it's active, but it doesn't feel active. Uh, it's kind of like, have you ever tried, if you're a talker, I am, and you've ever tried just to be quiet? Like it's one of my goals in every meeting I'm in is to be the last person to speak. It never happens. I always tell Tammy before I'm getting ready to go to some board meeting or some meeting or whatever, unless I'm, it's, you know, life church board where I'm, that's kind of my job to, to lead and to talk. And even there, I try to be more quiet and it doesn't always work really well. Uh, some of the board members can tell you that, but uh, I just go, I'm going to be the last person to talk. And it's just like, I try to suppress it and it just keeps coming up. I try to suppress it. it just, that, that just the active work of trying to listen and not speak feels like you're not doing anything because you're not talking, but it's actually more work. It's the who, it's the being, it's that active work that takes place in your life. And so this morning, I want you, if you're taking notes, you're on your phone, whatever, I want to ask you two questions that I just want you to marinate on during this sermon. One is, who do I want to be? That's the first question. Who do I want to be? It's amazing to me the number of people that really don't know really what they want. Oh, they like to have a new car, a new house, or new clothes, or a new vacation, or new golf clubs, a new hunting rifle, or, or a new this or a new that. But, but they don't really know, like, who they want to be. I like to say it this way. I am created to blank. I put your name there. I, Aaron Cole, am created to. Because it's purpose. Who, 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 who are you? Why, why do you think you're on this planet? What do you think God's plan for you is? What, what is that? And, and don't demean it. Don't think, well, I'm just going to be a, when you use the word just before whatever it is that God's called you to be and do, you diminish that. You, you, the Bible says don't despise the small beginnings. Don't, don't diminish those things that God's called you to. Don't, don't just do anything. It's what he's called you to do. Whether that's a stay-at-home parent, whether that's to, to work in a, and just, man, I just think that my, my, I, I love working in this area or this field or that field. And it doesn't feel real spiritual. It doesn't feel, it's what God's called you to do. We're all called who, what is it? What am I, uh, what do I want to be? What do I feel like God's called me to be? And the second question is what one habit, not two habits, not three habits, not five habits. What one habit must I have to be that who? What's one habit that you go, man, in order for me to do this, in order for me to be this, in order for me to attain this calling, in order for me to fulfill what God's, this is one thing I'm going to have to do. Now, that may be the one thing that you're not doing. That's okay. It may be the one thing you're really good at. That's awesome. But, but, but I just want you to think about that. Who do I want to be and what's the one habit I have to be to be the who? So let's talk about how to be the who in Romans chapter 7. So I'm going to give you three statements. First of all, systems will determine your success. Paul talks about this. Systems will determine your success. Not your intentions, but your systems, your process of how to be the who. Romans chapter 7, verse 15. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Paul says this, I, re I do really, I don't really understand myself. You ever felt like that? Good, so did Paul. For I, I want to do what is right, God, but I don't do it. I'm with him. Instead, I do what I hate. You ever been that way? Right? That chocolate cake you had last night at 10 o'clock? Right, right, right? Okay, I know that's too close. Verse 16, but if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So if I know that what I'm doing isn't correct, at least I'm on the right track. At least I understand my own 
that, that I'm wrong. Because some people don't, they eat the cake at 10 o'clock and they don't realize that's wrong, right? And that's proverbially speaking. Verse 17, so I am not the one doing wrong, for it's sin living in me that does it. So I've got this sin nature that I'm living in. I've got this proclivity. I've got this leaning. I've got this alignment issue that wants to kind of go in the ditch on this, on, in this area of my life. And so, so I, really don't, I really don't understand myself uh, for what I, I want to do, I don't do. And what I do want to do, I don't do. And there's this war. There's this conflict inside of me. And it's because of my sin nature. Most of us have very similar goals. Health, financial, relational but vastly different results. Most people in this room, you want the same thing. You're, you're, you're wanting very similar things in life. And what's really funny about life, and, and this is one of the reasons it's the Bible so applicable, is that you, you want this, but you don't, uh, your results are different. And, and, and it's not really that much different of what people wanted in the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and in today. I mean, we, we, we want to fulfill our, we want to know our purpose. We want to fulfill our purpose in life. We, we want to know what that is. We want to fulfill that. We want to live up to our potential. Uh, most people want to have a relationship. They want to be married. And, you know, and, and the Bible talks, I was at the men's breakfast yesterday, and I just made the statement that over 40 times in Scripture, it, it addresses the aloneness of man. It's not good that man is alone. And so, so, so most of us want to have that type of relationship, to be married, to, to have children. And, 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 and it's very similar, a home, family, whatever you, you want to be. And, and so there's that. And, and, and then, and then you, you want to be, you, you know, financially, you want to make sure that you're, you're taken care of and you're taking care of the people that you love. And, and, and most of us really don't want to do sin. Most of us really don't want to do wrong. Most of us, at the end of the day, if there was something we could do, we would do it. The truth is there is, but there is this conflict. There is this war. There is this thing inside of me, Paul says. So it's not just enough that I want it's not just enough that I desire. I have to have systems. I have to have things in my life. I've got to have good habits. I've got to develop some good rhythms in my life that will help me to fulfill what it is that I want to do and, and, and how I want to do it. Secular book called Atomic Habits written by James Clear. He says this, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems, to your habits. Look at Daniel in the Old Testament. Here is a man who has a, who, who knows what his purpose is. He was poised to be the prime minister of Israel. And then they're overtaken by the, by the Babylonians and Israel becomes a captive people. He's taken and he rises to the tops of the ranks and, and he's now working for a foreign government. He's under the, the leadership of a foreign government. He will never be a free man. But he has this system, he has this way, he has these principles that guide him, that even when the government, even when the things around him are trying to crowd him out and crowd his relationship with God out, he, uh, he stands. It's not just his intention, it's not just his purpose, it's his systems. 
He had a system in place. The Bible says he prayed three times a day. And even when it was outlawed, he prayed three times a day. And even when it caused him to go, uh, uh, when, when King Darius of, of the Persians sent him into the lion's den, he prayed three times a day. And the next day they brought him out and he survived the lion's den. And we know that the lions were hungry because they threw his, his, his accusers into the lion's den. And the Bible says before their bodies hit the ground, they were devoured. But there was a man who says, it doesn't matter if I'm a free man or if I'm living under the occupancy of another government. It doesn't matter if it's lawful or unlawful. It doesn't matter if you like it or you don't like it. It doesn't matter if it fits the king's agenda and the world's agenda and the society in which we're called to live in or whatever. This is my system. These are my habits. This is my rhythm. And it's true that you can live in a world that's very hostile to what you believe. That's what Daniel's world was. But yet live... And, and be able to exist because you have a system. Even, even the things that you don't want to do, as Paul would say, that you find yourself doing. So what systems, what goals do you have set in place? What systems, what habits do you have to reach the goals that you have set in place? Well, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to give you some spiritual things. What about daily prayer? Oh, man, I forget to pray. Well, you know, they say if you want to create a good habit, attach that habit to an activity that you're already doing. Like if you don't brush your teeth at night, if you take your toothbrush when you're done brushing them in the morning and you'll put it on your pillow, you will remember to brush your teeth because you'll have to pick that toothbrush up and move it away. That's a way to help. That's a system help to design to put your, well, brush your teeth at night. They, they, there, there are, there, if, if you have a hard time flossing your teeth, they say, hey, just take a piece of floss and tie it around your toothbrush. And, and after you brush them in the morning, and you'll remember because that piece of floss already ready for you. I, yeah, that's what I got to do. Because sometimes we just need these cues. We just need, before we get the reward, before the system, we just kind of need a cue. Maybe for you, the first thing you do in the morning when you open your eyes is you just say, I'm going to give 10 things that I'm thankful for today. All of a sudden, you began with pray, praise. The first part of prayer, when Jesus said, pray in this manner, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It begins with praise. You're already there. Maybe, you know, maybe, 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 this, maybe you're the person. I hope you take a shower every morning. Amen. Some of you. All right. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about? But I mean, just like that, that's what you do. And you began your day and, and just you began to praise. And then you just kind of began to pray over whatever's on your heart. And you kind of give it to God. And you go, well, that doesn't seem real spiritual. I didn't, no, 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 no. We, we get in these... We, began to create systems and began to develop systems and began to, to get these habits together. But Bible reading, well, it's one of the reasons that we do SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Two chapters a day, you'll basically go through God's Word in a year, every day. And you attach that to some something that you're doing. Uh, uh, maybe it's the gym three times a week. And, and for some of you, that, that's really difficult. For others of you, that's really easy. And those of you that's easy, I don't like you. Can I just say that out loud? Amen. But it's whatever your rhythm, your system is. For your systems are designed to give you the results that you're getting. Paul would say that. Your systems will determine your success. Secondly, life is a sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Life is a sum total of all the small decisions that we make. You want to live for Jesus? I'm telling you, have a system. You, you, you want to have prayer and word in your life? You want to have a system. Have some cue, some something that's going to help remind you, and then follow through, follow through. And that's what this second statement's about. Life is a sum total of all the small decisions that we made. You made a decision today to either tune in online or come to a campus. You made a decision to come to church today. Why? Was it sunny and 75 outside? No. 
It was cold, six degrees. We've got a couple of guys in from, uh, from Northern Ireland that are with us. Andy Gamble, who pastors a great church, Hills Church in Northern Ireland. And they flew in yesterday. I picked him up in Chicago. And he's like, man, this is wonderful. It's great. I said, yeah, it's 33 degrees. It feels like summertime outside. And he looked at me. And by the time we got to the, to, to the hotel last night at about 7 o'clock, it had dropped down to about 11 degrees. And he's like, it's cold. I said, just wait. It's going to get colder. <laughs> Welcome to Wisconsin. And then we had that little frosted morning, that thing called snow, right? It's not easy. Some of you had to shovel your drives or plow your drives or whatever. You had to get out. You had to do that. You saw the people that, man, they hadn't even turned on their lights yet when you left this morning. It'd be much easier just to stay at home and stay warm. And those of you that are watching online, if you're there for a good reason, God bless you. And if not, I pray you're feeling the Holy Spirit conviction. I'm just teasing, right? But I mean, it's just, it's a sum total of the decisions that we make. Paul will go on. Look at verse 18 and 19. He says, And I know that nothing good lives in me, that in my sinful nature I want to do what is right, but I can't. Look at that. Verse 19, For I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Wow. The honesty. Think about that. This is a man who, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes most of the New Testament. And he says, man, what I want to do, I I, want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. And I don't don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Small, bad decisions add up and lead to a life that's broken. Let me say that again. Small, bad decisions add up over time and lead to a life that's broken. Well, I'm just going to do this. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to do this. This isn't a big deal. This is just one time. This is just one week. It's just a weekend. It's just a this. It's, just, it's the little foxes, the Bible says, that spoil the vine, not the big issues. The devil's not showing up at your house or at your office or meeting you at your car in the parking lot with, with like horns and a red cape and a pitchfork, right? This is not, it's just that little thing. Just have this little thing and have, you know, like in my house, we, we have this thing. And Eileen Guineer gave Tammy this, this, this glass jar and it was like, uh, it, it has uh, peanut M&Ms in them. Anybody like peanut M&Ms? I like anything with chocolate. I, you could, I, right, you know, I think if it was like rocks that were covered in chocolate, I would eat it, you know? So anyhow, it's just this deal, and there's a little thing, hey, in case of emergency, you know, have a couple of these. I have an emergency all throughout the day, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so it's right there at the pantry. It's eye level with me, which is not eye level with Tammy, so I figured out that's why she put it up on that shelf. So get thee behind me, Satan, you know what I'm saying, for her. But it's, the devil's right there. I'm just telling you, the devil in my world is not in pitchfork and, and, and red horns. It's some peanut M&Ms that's in the pantry. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm just telling you, man, like those things are right. And it's just like, I'm just going to, you take it out, get a handful. I'm going to eat those. This is a handful. What is it? Seven or eight? But you do that 10 times a day? You know what I'm talking about? And then I'm at the doctor's office last week and having a physical. I said, hey, I'm a little, little heavy, a little fluffy right here. But it's, it's no big deal. And he goes, it's because you're eating too much. No, 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 no. Nothing that spanks can't hide. Amen. So bad decisions add up over time. And that's funny, but, but, but it's true in every area of our life. I'm just going to look at this one thing. 
I'm just going to go to this one website. I'm just going to have this one conversation. I'm just going to do this this one time. I'm in a city nobody knows. Small good decisions, though, just like bad decisions, small good decisions add up over time and they lead to a healthy life. Think about that. I'm just going to say no to this one time. I'm just, one time I'm going to walk in the pantry and I get some peanut M&Ms, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, one, one I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray five minutes a day. I'm just going to pray 10 minutes a day. It, I'm telling you, that five will grow to 10, that 10 will grow to 15. That's how you develop a prayer life. Don't, don't try. Do not try to do it all at once. I was telling my mom this the other day, and she's going to get on to me because she watches online. Hi, Mom. Love you. But this is a great sermon illustration. So she was, you know, she was like, I'm just, I'm sitting around. I'm not doing a lot. And they, they have, they, they live on some acreage. And, and it's, it's um, basically their driveway is, is about, uh, it's about a tenth of a mile uh, in one direction. And so from the house to the, to, to, the, to the highway. And so I just said, Mom, if you would get up every day, just one time, and just walk from the house to the highway and back, that's two-tenths of a mile. You do that five times, it's a mile. Don't do a mile the first week. First week, just walk to the highway and back one time every day. That's it. Next, next week, do it two times. One back, one back. You're four-tenths of a mile. Mom, you're almost a half mile. Just add, just add one, one walk to the highway, just one walk down your driveway, one walk that way, and hey, within about five weeks, you'll be walking a mile a day. What does she do? Day one, she sends me like her, how long she's been walking. She's got some little clocker, a little deal. It's like 1.1 miles, and, and, and she's so happy and excited, and I'm thinking it won't last not because, Mom, I love you, but she's going to kill me for this. So anyhow, but it's just true because we all do this. We, we go, we, um, you know, the first day I'm at the gym, I ask, you see that guy, you see that gal, and they're just going after it like it's chariots of fire. And you're just going, just give them a little bit of time, man. They're going to collapse. <laughs> There's going to be the EMT coming in. Elizabeth is a big one. I'm coming home. It's going to be something because we just try to these, these Herculean Olympic type deals. And it's just like, no, it's the little things. If you'll just do a little thing today and little thing tomorrow and little thing, it's, I call it tweaks. If you just tweak here and you build that up over time, it begins to develop and all of a sudden it becomes a natural reflexive system and habit in your life. Sean Covey says this, our habits will make us or break us, but we, but we become what we repeatedly do. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not get tired of doing good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Little things, little things, like what you're doing today. Doesn't seem huge, 75 minutes of your week, but coming together, worshiping, being present, being here, opening God's word, listening to a sermon, asking yourself a couple of questions, making some adjustments. At the end of the message, God, forgive me for this or help me with this or strengthen me here. And then going out. Teaching your kids that too. Little things. I believe our kids grow up and go to church because they were raised to go to church. If they're raised in a good, healthy church that loves Jesus and people love one another and they're not fighting, those kids will do that. How are you so certain of that? Because that's what God's word says. When you train up a child, when you do the little things over time, 
week in and week out and week in and week out. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. I know they get crazy during those teen years. I know they get a little crazy during those early 20s sometimes. But God is not a man that he would lie. It's those little things over and over. Your, decision, your decisions are creating your results. Third statement, identity shapes action. Identity shapes action. Any sports psychologist begins with any athlete telling me what you see, how you feel, because how you see and what you think right here will control everything else. You got to get it right in your brain. You got to see it in your brain. You got to do that in your brain. And so Romans chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, Paul says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? Verse 25, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Why does he say that? Because that sounds really simple. That really sounds oversimple. That sounds like, come on, that sounds like a VBS, vacation Bible school, Sunday school kind of answer, Sunday morning. Jesus will take it, you know, and you're thinking Jesus didn't take those, those peanut M&Ms in the pantry. They're still there. You know what I'm talking about? Whatever it is, it's like, no, no, no. He's speaking of identity. He's speaking of the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Not just Jesus Christ, but that word, our Lord, is a personal pronoun that's inclusive of he's not just Jesus Christ. Everybody, history acknowledges, atheists acknowledge that Jesus Christ, there was a man born of Nazareth that died on a cross that that lived and claimed to be the Messiah. There, they, no one denies that. But the operative two words are, follows Jesus Christ, our. Not just mine, but there is where I'm not alone, but, it's, it's our, but he's Lord. He, he, he's my Lord. He, he, he's my savior. He's my king. He is God. He is who the Bible claims that he is. He's not just someone who's a curse word. He's not just someone who is used in passing. He's not just someone that even historians that are atheistic or agnostic would acknowledge that he existed. No, he is Lord. He's the son of the living God. He's born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross and rose from the grave, just like the Bible says, he's Lord. That's what makes it different. Well, why, what's that so important? Because that's who I identify with. See, I and you, we have this sin nature that we are in this like, this, it's like a hamster on a wheel that we cannot get out of. Talk to any psychologist and ask them, how long does, free, how long does sheer discipline and grit get people? Not very long. We have this natural like dopamine drop that happens when we decide we're going to, we, you know, you see that commercial? Like have you seen Chuck Norris at 80, he's still ripped, whatever that's going on right now. Like he's on this like total body machine, whatever. I don't even know. It's funny because I, I love Chuck Norris because I like karate. That's a whole other story for another day. It's like, there's a bird. Okay, so, but it's like, and so you buy the total gym workout and you do all that and, and you start. It's kind of like my mom on the walk or, or that person on the treadmill. You, you start, but then just within a couple of days or a couple of weeks, if you're not careful, you'll just fizzle out. Why? Because sheer discipline, just I'm going to do this, willpower fizzles. It, it's, what, it's what God gives us to get the engine started, but it's never the fuel that he wanted us to live on. 
And we just think, I'm just going to do this. And what Paul's saying is, I can't just do this. I can't just will my way. Because the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And I've got this war inside of me. So how do I live for Jesus? Well, I need to have some systems. I need to make some good choices. They don't have to be huge Herculean choices, just small choices repetitively over time, what we would call habits. But I also have to know who I'm in, who I identify with. It's not me that overcomes it. It's Christ in me that overcomes it. It's not me that is able to say no when the, when the temptations comes. It's him. It's Jesus in me. That's the key. And Paul's like, because I identify with Christ, I, that, that I can overcome because he's not just someone on a page or he's not just someone in a book or he's not just someone that history acknowledges their existence, but he is my Lord. And when you know who you are, you'll know what you need to do because who always precedes do. Who are you? Who are you today? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you, if you acknowledge that, man, you're a sinner in need of a savior and he's your salvation, that's your who. And then that when you get to that place, you go, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And contrary to popular opinion, God's not some cosmic killjoy. God wants to bless you and bless your family. And that's not some prosperity gospel, just mumbo jumbo type of a name it, claim it. That is, that's God's word. The prosperity that's in God's word, that's God's word. And, 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 and the truth of the matter is that God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your home. He wants to bless your family. The Bible says, these aren't my words, they're his. That God wants to give you the desires of your heart. But it begins with who? Before the desires of your heart ever happen, before the do happens, the who, you have to know who you are. You start with who goals before do goals. Before I do, I wanna lose 10 pounds. The who is I wanna be a healthy person. Before I wanna read the Bible more, that's a do goal. The who goal is I wanna be a true man or woman of God. But before I, I, I wanna do, I wanna make more money and spend less money, I, the who goal is I wanna be a generous person. Who do you wanna be? Because that will determine, the who will determine what you will actually do. So today, before I pray, before we end this service, do, do you need a fresh start? Maybe you just need to give your life to Christ today and go, you know what, that's it, man. I just need a fresh start. I just need to give my life to Christ. Then this, then this morning, you just simply have an opportunity to be able to say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. Just right in, in these next few moments, when I ask you to pray, just ask him, say, Jesus, I decide to give you my life today. Maybe, maybe, maybe you need a reset. Maybe you need a reset. Maybe you started off with some good goals at the beginning of the year called uh, New Year's resolutions, which 99.9% of the time never accumulate a whole lot, but you tried them and Again, that's that sheer willpower and it just kind of fizzled. God, I just, I just need a reset. Help me. The things that I don't want to do, I'm doing. The things I do want to do, I don't do. Help me today. Help me to, to, to get the small habits and the small things and to understand that my strength's in you. Again, who is it that you think you're called to be? And what's the one habit, what's the one change that you could leave here today that would help you get to where God's called you to be? Don't try to run the mile in one week. Don't try to do it all in one day. Steps, steps, steps. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are order of the Lord, not the leaps, 
That's not the way God works. Why? Because he didn't create you and I to work in leaps. He created us to work in steps. God works within the the psychological, the physiological framework that he gave you and I because he's the creator. He knows how your brain works. He knows how your heart works. He knows how your emotions can get ahead of yourself. And he knows how you can lie to yourself. Jesus is tempted and tried in all way, yet without sin. He gets it. What are those changes? Father, I just thank you today for your word. And I just simply pray in these next few moments as we reflect, God, what's the one thing that we need to to do in order to be what you called us to be? And what is that, God? What's the who? We, we know our identity's in you, but Lord, we, what, what is that who? What, what is that big question? What is that purpose? And instead of getting muddled down into a lot of details, Lord, what is that? And then out of that, what's the habit? What's the thing? What's the tweak? What's the changes that I can make? Survival skills, because these little habits, I change one habit over time, and then two habits, and then three, and then four. Through a process, I can accomplish what you've called me to. Speak to our hearts today, Holy Spirit, and help us. In Jesus' name, amen.